Hey, welcome to another episode of our deep dive where we seek to look at the passage, the topic uh, from the weekend and just explore it a little bit uh, more in depth. We take maybe a look at things we didn't have time for. Um, well, I'm so glad we do because there's not time oh, for everything this, in these, these passages. Yeah, and so we're uh, continuing our Galatians series. We're in Galatians chapter 3, verses uh, 15 through 22, 25, we might kind of... Um, yeah, we kind of borrow yeah, a little bit, maybe. Yeah, borrow see. a little bit from next week. Um, but I am joined today, my name is Brad, I'm joined by Pastor Terry and Pastor Matt, who also goes by... Just Matt. Fuse. Pastor, Con. leader. Con, Con. yes. The Khan is K-H-A-N, not C-O-N. Yes, it's like, a title like the Mongolian. Movie. Like the Wrath of... No, not no, Star Trek. No, not Wrath related. <laughs> just, yeah, not Star Trek. Just leadership uh, of yeah. nations. Yes, we'll have a deep dive another time on there you go. the legitimacy of that title. You could do a deep dive on titles and like, <laughs> yep, to, yeah, anyways. There we go. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Galatians chapter 3, we are exploring, continuing this conversation about uh, what what does the law have to do with us today? Um, that was something that the Galatians were wrestling with. Um, Paul, he preached a gospel. Uh, they, um, you know, he left to go plant more churches. They... Uh, other teachers came in who said, "Hey, you got to do some. You got to keep the law. Still, you have to be circumcised. You have to keep the dietary law." Uh, Paul gets wind of this, and he is like, "Hey, guys, knock it off. You've already been taught the right thing. You've been taught the right gospel. I'm actually shocked that you've abandoned it." And uh, now we're just kind of walking through. Well, where does the law fit? Yeah. Um, so, anyway, Galatians chapter three, verses fifteen, twenty-two. Um, anything before we just kind of dive in? Anything stick out to you guys from this? I think it's just important to go back. What, why, why is Paul having this? What's, what's the big deal? And I think as we talked about last week, again, grace-based relationship versus performance relationship, you know, I think has resonated with me and with people. And, you know, Paul is talking about this. What's a grace? You know, God gives us grace, so we live out of that versus performance. We try to do something. And I think we forget, too, that the... The Jewish people who are promoting the law, they were trying to say, this is how you love God. There's part of the motivation that, yeah, God is a grace, God is doing so much, and this is how you mm-hmm. love him. And uh, I, I think sometimes, <laughs> Matt and I were talking a little earlier, it'd be so much easier sometimes if we just had a list of how to love someone. Like if, sure. if our spouse, you know, we got up in the morning and our spouse said, here's 10 things you do, and if you do those, then I our would, love is good. You love me. that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. And, and that's what we were talking about too. It was like, I, my wife works nights. And so I'll say, Hey, like, what are some things I can do for you? Like while you're gone. And she'd be like, I just wish you knew. And I think that kind of is the, like, I wish I knew too. Right. <laughs> so I didn't have that. Same but page. Like, yeah. <laughs> who I wish who I was as a husband drove my action to yeah. do those things right. naturally without a list. But I think we, in our brokenness almost need some right. guidelines and some guide rails. Because um, your we, desire is to serve, right? Your desire is to serve. You just want to be clear, like, hey, what, is, what does that look like to you? Because right. <laughs> yeah. sometimes it means don't vacuum because I might break it or don't, you know, whatever. We don't want to get caught in the weeds here, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, well, there's a deep dive. There's on next week's episode of the deep dive. Matt yeah. and Sydney are going to talk through yeah. uh, no. <laughs> how to vacuum. <laughs> how to vacuum. Yeah, um, I do know how to vacuum, everybody. Thanks. Uh, one of the things I noticed in this section and just reading it through Galatians is how different our culture is of like our culture almost says, you know, like don't even read the old Testament. doesn't matter. Right. right. And then right. for here, they're like lean into it with everything you've got. And so it's kind of a, 
it's sometimes hard to put ourselves in these shoes to understand like who Paul was writing to and why he's writing in their struggle. So it's, it almost takes humility to really approach and understand these, right. these verses, especially right. when it's this thick in the law. Yeah, right. Matt, that's a fascinating point. I was actually just having a conversation the other day with um, Pastor Mike Sherman about, okay, what is the Old Testament's, like, like how do we use the Old Testament? Because a lot, a lot of very, we're not going to name drop, a lot of very prominent uh, Christian preachers um, tend to neglect the Old Testament and will even unapologetically say, oh, I'm not going to preach from the Old Testament. I just want to preach about Jesus and about love and about the New Testament because that's what's relevant today. And yet for us, like we are also recipients of the Old Testament. And so, Terry, I guess, I guess for you, you've been uh, preaching for a number of years. I know even in our conversations, like the Old Testament is a big deal (laughs) uh, to you. Um, Yeah, I guess, how do you handle that, that tension? Well, you know, I, you know, I love the Old Testament. I love some of the stories. I mean, I think as as what we get into here, as Paul describes it, that the the law. I mean, you've got the law was really the first five books, is what they considered the history books, and then the prophets. You know, are really there to kind of help us understand who the Savior was to be, who Jesus was to be. They're painting a picture. They're getting us ready so we can fully embrace Jesus. And I. That's what I think the Old Testament really is the picture is the Old Testament is the picture book for what the New Testament really is and what it's to to show us. And if we're like, I'm not sure what Paul says, okay, let's go back to a situation in the Old Testament that reveals what that's what that's like. So yeah, I mean I think there are places that don't talk about the Old Testament mm-hmm. uh, much, but uh, I love it when we've done series on Old Testament prophets and people. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, cool. Well, uh, that being said, let's dive in. So Galatians chapter 3, verse 15. Um, If you guys want to stop me, go ahead and stop me. Otherwise, I'll stop myself when I have a question. Uh, Verse 15. To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now, the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. So I think we probably need to set a little bit of context here. We're coming out of uh, the beginning of Galatians chapter 3, where uh, Paul has essentially brought the Judaizers, the Jewish Christians, he's brought their chief witness, right, their father Abraham to the story and saying, hey, listen, even Abraham, right, wasn't justified by keeping the law. He wasn't justified by doing good works. He was justified by faith and faith in the promise that God, um, you know, ultimately was going to raise up a deliverer uh, through him. But, and then here he's, he's again kind of expanding on, on that. So we get this idea of uh, just right here in verse 15, a man-made covenant. So covenant, like, can we unpack that? I know we talked a little bit last week about the We're covenant made with Abraham. Made with Abraham, and uh, that there's covenants and contract. Contract is kind of a business thing, agreement about a business. A covenant was really made between people. And uh, I like, I didn't know when you grew up, if you had, maybe it's my age, but you would make a blood covenant. You'd be a blood brother to somebody. Never happened. That's Okay. It was spoken of. I've heard it was of this concept. Of, yeah. But if you know, I have no two idea friend, what you're talking about. 
Really? I mean, like, you're talking about, like, like Huckleberry Finn? Yeah. Like the, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Where they know would, you know, prick their fingers and, that, yeah. like, we're in, this, yeah. we're in this together. And that really actually stems from the idea of a covenant. So in, in ancient times, yeah. the leaders, uh, kings, whatever, mm-hmm. people would make a covenant. And it was a personal promise um, of what you would do. But it was stronger than just a contract that yeah. could be broken. A, a covenant said this is everlasting we're not going to change our mind and you know often if you break the covenant something horrible would happen to you and so this is what it, the old testament has a number of comments it has uh, the eden covenant with uh Abra- or adam and eve about bringing a savior which we talked about noah's covenant not going to destroy the world abraham's covenant um the, the law of the covenant with Moses and then the covenant with David. Mm-hmm. So there's a number of, of covenants there. And this is what Paul's doing in chapter three. He's beginning to build a theological argument about grace and faith and what that is. And so he goes back to Abraham, the father, says it was by faith. There was no law. You didn't mm-hmm. have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the ob- objection would be, well, what, a, what happened 430 years later when they got the law? Yeah. And the... One of the things with those is like each time the co- like God ha- adds to the covenant, it doesn't reject the old right. like yeah, the right. Adamic and Mosaic and Noah. Like, they kind of build on top of each other, and they don't reject what God has mm-hmm. done. And he that's not who our God is to cast aside his, right. his promises or his covenants. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think you see the the Eden covenant, the Noah covenant, the Abrahamic covenant is really for everyone. Yeah. This is part of what it's going to. It's the whole world globally. You get to um, the the Mosaic Covenant and the law, that seems to be more reduced to a nation or a group of people, mm-hmm. a nationality. So it's kind of a subset. And so this is Paul's argument that everybody's included in all these covenants until you get to Moses. That's one group of people. And then Jesus comes and that fulfills the Abrahamic covenant. And we're all part of that. So there's a temporary nature to the law. Now, yes. the law, though, doesn't, um, while even Jesus says, right, he didn't come to abolish the law, he came to fulfill the law. The, the law doesn't just completely go away in the sense that, oh, we're, we're not going to read it anymore. There's nothing for us to ascertain or learn uh, from. Like, it still has a function for us today. And we're going to uh, yeah, get there yeah. here in a little bit, especially uh, next week, too. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that's great. I do think that, like, a covenant, right, it's it's relational in nature. It's not just contractual. Right. It's... Um, it's made between two parts. What we see specific to the covenant of Abraham is that you have God making the covenant. Both parties. Right? Yes. He's doing both parties, and Abraham is just brought into that. Which is what Jesus does again later. Yes. He, he is the one who makes the covenant on our behalf. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, that's great. Uh, let's keep going then. Verse 19. Um, this is a, a section that that we definitely didn't really hit this week. We kind of, right. we, you know, we mentioned it, we teased it a little bit. Um, it says, well, why then the law? And I think that's the question that this, um, I was reading something the other day, Tim Keller says like the, um, you know, the, the in-tune reader, right? It gets to this point in Galatians, and this is the question yeah, that we yeah, should be wondering, yeah. right? Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now an intermediator applies more than one, but God is one. Okay. So, uh, what? 
Like, what is happening here? Uh, we have talk of angels. We have an uh, intermediary. Um, what does that have to do with the argument that Paul is making here? Well, it may be good to go why then the, it was added because of transgression, mm-hmm. sin. And to, so what is that? What is Paul saying there? And he's, he's saying, what was first, sin or the law? Mm-hmm. Like the law wasn't first, and then people go, oh, well, now I'm sin. It was like we knew, human nature knew this was wrong, things were wrong, and then the law came to kind of reveal what that is and help us understand Terry, can we define sin real quick? I know it's a word that we throw out in the church. We throw it out and preach. We talk about it. I think it's something that it doesn't really take a whole lot of definition for us to understand what sin is, but... Maybe be helpful for this conversation. Like, what what is sin? Well, Matt's been reading a book on sin. Yeah, and thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pass that over to the youth pastor. Yes, there you go. Yeah, thanks. Uh, one of the definitions from the book, Plantinga, yeah. uh, to Brevity of Sin, it talks about sin is a vandalism of shalom, like, and it's a culpable vandalism of shalom, where, like, we are a guilty party and breaking the way things ought to be. Like, if shalom is how things should be and how it's supposed to be, like we are vandalizing, breaking, distorting it. Um, he talks about a bunch of different ways uh, that you could describe sin. That's one of my favorites. It also talks about a sin is a parasite that latches onto something that's good and distorts it. Talks about it as corruption. There's there's so many different ways we can look at sin. They're all right, but and I think we tend to think of sin as just action, things I do wrong. But there's also this disposition of sin of like this prone being prone to wander. Is like comes from like the brokenness of creation, that vandalism mm-hmm. of shalom, and we, man, the heart is so fickle. That's yeah. what like in when I am diving into this, I'm like my, I hate that my heart wants what it wants sometimes, mm-hmm. and like a lot of times, like God, I've been corrupted by sin. Like I just need you, mm-hmm. and I need you to like mess with my heart because like I I don't know where else to go with it. Mm-hmm. I know where it'll lead me, and I, and I don't want that. So. And I, and I think that's so important because what Paul here is doing in Galatians is trying to get us to understand the restoration of that peace. It's the, yeah. the promise, the inheritance that he talks about is that there is a restoration of the world and the, the shalom and what's, what's to happen. That's, that's why there's these covenants. That's what God has made a promise to, to mm-hmm. do that. And he promised it. Adam and Eve, there's going to be a savior. He promised uh, to, to know he'd never destroy the world. He would do something. Promised to Abraham there would be a, a savior again. The answer is always always Jesus in what that is. And so this is the, the promise how we're going to get that. And the, the law was implemented because of sin. And I yeah. think it's a commonly used thing, but like the law is kind of like a mirror that reflects and shows you like mm-hmm. where things are wrong right. and how like... Uh, it's not going to clean anything. Mirror makes a really bad wash rag, <laughs> right? But the mirror helps you to see right. where that where sin has really taken effect. That's good. That's good. Okay, so angels and uh, intermediator. What's, what's well, going on the, here? I think the intermediator, I, I think he's referring to Moses, Moses yeah. you know, that, that God gives the law. Um, you know, Moses is at Mount Sinai, receives the law. The angel part is a little... Mm-hmm. Unusual because Sorry, similar to to even when like let's say uh, in the garden God gave um, you know the blessing He gave it to Adam. Adam then was a mediator yeah. for Eve, right? He was this, right. this covenantal figurehead. That um, same thing with like like with Moses, I guess. Yes. Too. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, and that it was God gave it to Moses, and then Moses brought it and revealed, shared it with with the, the people. So yeah. he did it to them, and Moses, you know, is a representative of, of the people. So the angels is a little uh, interesting because there's no real reference mm-hmm. to um, the angels in the Exodus account. There seems to be a reference to trumpets, Mm -hmm. noises, horns, uh, so that there's something there. But we do see an unusual verse in Deuteronomy, uh, and whether that actually relates to it. um, Sorry, let me just... uh, Yeah, Deuteronomy 33, 2, he said, The Lord came from Sinai and dawned on them from Seir and shone forth from Mount Purim. And he came from the midst of 10,000 holy ones and at his right hand was flashing lightly, Mm. lightning for them. So something, there's this host, this group of people, whatever that is, that was God in the presence of angel, you know, was it angels that helped do that? Uh, I think in the Ten Commandments, you know, the old, old movie, it's God's finger, you know, etching into into the stone, uh, the Ten Commandments. Uh, But yeah, what what angels are just messengers. That's what the angelos means, messenger. Mm -hmm. So that there were these messengers. That's kind of where I was leaning. As I was reading it, like we tend to, the English emphasis of angel tends to be like, this floating majestic dove person. Yes, right. When I read that, I I love the Deuteronomy reference, but I read that, I was like, I just translated in my head like, oh, messengers from God, like like all those people who have carried the word of God for him. So, yeah. Yeah, so it is, it's just an interesting, almost one-off, like, hey, Paul, what you doing here? Like, I don't know if this advances your argument or if you're just throwing something to us. (laughs) Um, Either way, I think the thrust of it is that God um, at least what we see in the new covenant in Jesus, right? God himself, right? There's no yeah. messenger. There's no, de- uh, there's no angel that's coming to deliver this new covenant, right? This covenant of grace that we get to step into and walk in is, is well, it's mediated by God himself, yeah. right? By, by Jesus himself. Um, okay. Verse 21 then, is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So what is the purpose of the law then for us today? Well, I mean, first thing what Paul's argument here is, he's like, okay, now wait a minute. If if the law could save us, if the law was that important, if it could restore the shalom and fulfill mm-hmm. the promise, A, then God was wrong with Abraham. Mm-hmm. God must have changed his mind, right? Yeah. And God doesn't do that because God says one thing to Abraham and, and one thing to Adam and Eve. So, but God doesn't change yeah. his mind. Uh, but it's not that the law saves, yeah. then what does the law do? Yeah, so. So, I mean, that's going to be in the next few weeks, uh, several different references. Mm-hmm. If you dip down, and this is one thing that we did, because I does think it helped because of what Paul's talking about, the inheritance, this promise of shalom, something is coming. There's an intermediary. We're going to get it. In the meantime, we're kind of stuck or imprisoned in, in sin. So what, what happens? And so down in verse 24, he talks about the law as our guardian. Mm-hmm before Christ. So I know next week we're going to dive in a little bit more about guardian and and some of the other uh, pictures 
but there is the guardian in Greek culture, in ancient culture, uh, was often someone who would help educate children. And sometimes, uh, if you read uh, some of the Greek philosophers, <laughs> they would have guardians, other people who would help educate, and not even uh, parents would do that. One particular role of a guardian sometimes was if uh, a minor's parents died, mm. and that minor was going to get an inheritance. Mm. So something was coming, but and so the guardian was to help mature the minor to be ready for the inheritance, to receive it, so they understand. And so uh, the, the suggestion then is one of the aspects, I think we'll look at some, some others next week, but one of the aspects of the law is that it is that guardian in our life to help us in our immaturity of understanding faith and life and God to prepare us for Jesus mm -hmm. and to prepare us for what coming. And so the argument would be, if Jesus had to come during Moses' time, people would not have understood the fullness of what he did, would not understood the fullness of salvation, would not understand who he is. And when you look at the, the law, particularly all the religious spiritual laws, they help us understand, every feast uh, helps us understand more about who Jesus is and why he came and his purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I am really drawn to that kind of understanding that, the, and that's why we can still go back in some ways and understand what's here. We don't have to follow it to get in God's good graces, but it helps us understand more a picture book of who Jesus, Jesus that's is. That's good. That's good. Matt, do you have anything you want to add there? No, that's good. <laughs> I haven't looked at uh, the 23 to 25 yet. I've been focusing on those, but I think the idea of the Old Testament pointing back to Jesus is just very clear. And I think even tying into the start of what Paul is writing is like, um, man, focus on the promise keeper mm -hmm. yeah. and how mm -hmm. he fulfills his promises. Like, and nothing's going to stop him from fulfilling his promise, keep, his promises and his covenants. Like Abram having one kid when he was old, didn't stop God's promises from coming true. Didn't stop the seed. Like all the things that happened to get to Jesus, like none of those things could have stopped the promises of God from being fulfilled. And now like that is continually true for us. And like the, the depravity of sin, the things we struggle with, like within Christ, like nothing's going to stop those promises from us either. Yeah. And, and what we do see that the law does do a good job of, it reveals how um, inadequate we are at earning or being righteous on right. our own. Right. right. It, it, gives us a measure of what sin is, right? It gives us a way to measure um, the ways that we contribute to the brokenness of shalom. And it points out our need for grace. Yeah. 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 And we can't do it. You know, I think that's part, you know, in prison, everything, like we realize we can't do it. The more you try to do it, the more you try to fulfill, you just realize yeah. you, you it can't. Reminds me of been running sweet. Uh, and when I try, when I'm running and I try to just wipe my sweat away, it just makes everything worse. Like when my hands are sweaty and I'm messed, like it just, everything gets drastically worse. And I just need something to help me out a little bit. And like if the mirror shows us where our sin is, where our brokenness is, yeah. and Christ is that wash rag that's going to clean us, like I just need a rag to wash that away. And like maybe overdone analogy, but I just think like <laughs> the more I try to help and fix it, the worse it tends to get because I'm still in the, I'm still in that brokenness. I'm still in that sin in this already and not yet time we're in yeah cool 
Well, thank you guys. It's been a good, good conversation. We're going to pick this up again next week as we continue uh, to ask the question like, hey, what, what does the law do? What role does the law fill uh, for us? Um, you can find this deep dive and more resources on our website, calvary.church slash Galatians, uh, as well as on our YouTube channel. Uh, I invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already done so, uh, so that you can stay up to date and never miss any of the content that we uh, put out for you. And uh, anyway, we'll catch you again next week as we continue our study in the book of Galatians. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.